Welcome to FNI Performance Podcast, powered by SimTech Dealer Services, your source for everything FNI. Real talk, real experts, real results. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, FNI Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on an episode of FNI Performance Podcast, sponsored by SimTech. Was that pretty good, guys? Did I, yeah, did I do cool. all right there? Was that all right? That worked? Hey, for everyone out there watching and listening, I am joined today with two awesome guests, Mr. Sheldon D'Souza and Steve McIsaac. I said both those names correctly, so I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, for everybody out hey. there who's watching and listening and don't know kind of who you gentlemen are and how you got started in this industry we call the automotive industry, let's start with a couple origin stories. Sheldon, I'm going to start with you. How did you get started in this industry? Right. So uh, I actually came into it by chance. Uh, I was uh, in aviation, primarily in customer service for the longest time. And uh, when I moved to Canada back in 2009, uh, I was with an airline here working as an analyst. And from there, I got an opportunity to, to work with SimTech, which is, uh, I believe, back in 2011 now. So it's close to nine years that I'm in automotive, but primarily on the, uh, of course, on the FNI side of things with SimTech. So, yeah, that's how I got into, uh, got into automotive. That's awesome. Hey, Steve, for yourself, how did you get started into this tiny little industry we call automotive industry? <laughs> I got started like many others. It was uh, kind of a, a family thing. My mother's an accountant uh, for car dealerships growing up my whole life. My father's a mechanic um, and, and just worked my way through. So started cleaning cars, thought I would be a mechanic. Um, didn't go that route, ended up in sales, uh, F&I, and then with SimTech now for the past eight and a half years. Uh, worked my way through, um, you know, F&I specialist, district manager, regional manager uh, to where I am today, which is uh, vice president of Ontario and uh, Western Canada. Man, you must be excited about the amazing news we got this week, right? Is it? You oh, ever, everyone kind of see the the uh, light on the horizon. Like it's everyone kind of has that general feeling of like we're getting back to some level of normal. So I'm yeah. I'm excited for this, man. Um, hey guys, let's. Get, I want to get into the topic um, of our podcast today, which is really virtual F and I which is something that we've never really ever thought we were going to have to do. And then we never really thought we were going to have to do virtual sales either, you know, but it, the, the concept's not new, you know? I mean, I remember 15 years ago, I worked in a BDC. We were drop shipping Corvettes all over the country, sight unseen. And this was way before digital retailing and everything else. I think what it is, it's more of just, it's how it's communicated, you know, to the customers, but the process is significantly different. So I think I'd kind of like to start off there guys is kind of what you how you perceive and how you see a virtual f and i process kind of being developed out for a dealership sheldon i'll start with you and then steve i'll ask you the same question yeah so so for us i mean uh, when we looked at virtual f and i for us the critical thing was how do you have consistency between the the offline and the online experience right and uh and and when you look at the virtual f and i process it's it's really no different than how you would treat your, you know, uh, customers while they're in the store. The only difference being you're, you're, you're doing it in a virtual environment. And uh, so, so for us, we, we, you know, we looked at that. That is really the difference. Ultimately, our goal is that we want to present the products to the customer, take them through their, you know, the rest of their purchase journey. They've already done quite a bit online. They've done their research. You know, they've picked their car. Now our process here is to take them through the rest of the journey, help them through 
getting the paperwork done and and you know of course in a in a manner where there's full disclosure uh, and transparency through the process. Now I, I like the word transparency um, because I think when when you do something virtually, like I remember when we first started drop shipping vehicles all over the country, like there there wasn't an option. Like you had to be just like next level transparent with everything. I mean, they're just because, you know, you're the, the person's not there. It's not like we try not to be transparent, but I'm just saying like we had to over communicate. That's I think that's what I'm looking for is that for us to actually achieve transparency virtually, we had to over communicate absolutely everything, which kind of ended up creating a very kind of customer centric you know, type process because it was more about them and their understanding and their education versus necessarily us and what we needed to get so that we can just get the paperwork done and kind of move on with our lives. Um, Steve, yeah. your kind of thoughts on, you know, virtual F&I process and, and how how we have to either, hand, maybe it's a handoff from physical to virtual, or is it more of just a complete virtual process? or a hybrid of both, I'd like to hear kind of how you see this going down for dealerships moving forward. I think in a lot of ways, we're, we're going to have to listen to the consumer. Um, but the, the first thing is being prepared. So we need to make sure that uh, our team internally is prepared to train on a virtual F&I process. Uh, also, that our, our dealer partners are able to do it. Um, as we discussed a little bit earlier, the dealerships here in Ontario specifically, but uh, across the country, are opening up. Uh, in a big way and we're going to have to listen to the consumer some of them i believe will you know maybe want to come in for a test drive but do the rest of the process uh, of their car buying experience online um you know look to yourself where where do you where would you feel comfortable right obviously test drive is a big one um, i don't believe most people will buy a car without it corvette's a little bit different you know what you want. Uh, you're not looking at many other cars if you're looking at a Corvette. Um, but for the average car buyer looking for something to get back and forth to work for a day to day, uh, a test drive is really, really important. So again, we have to be prepared. Our dealers have to be prepared. Um, when it comes to the process itself, uh, to, as Sheldon mentioned earlier, we didn't change a whole lot. Um, we have a very customer centric process uh, in our mission statement. It's all about dealer philosophy and increasing CSI making sure that the transparency is there. We just had to make sure we did it virtually the right way the first time. So uh, look, virtually the right way the first time, I like that. Look, I think there's a lot of dealerships out there that uh, are realizing that you know the customer is the one that's ultimately kind of decide on how they engage with the dealership, which hasn't always been the case, right? Like it was always our goal and objective to get somebody in the door. And you know, I, coming out of what's going on right now, this is a this is a very large social change to us. And the customer may or may not feel comfortable. I think a good percentage will be fine in coming in and engaging with us, but I think a large percentage, more than we've ever had in the past, will choose to do as much as they possibly can virtually before they come in. So I think a lot of dealerships are now kind of pressed to have to create, you know, this process, you know, but as an industry, I don't think we're always the best at creating processes. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're, we're good at just kind of doing stuff. Like we'll just, we'll just go do it and figure it out from there. But, you know, I want to hear kind of your guys' thoughts and opinions of kind of like, you know, let's a dealership that's looking at this going, yes, I need to take this process. I need to make it virtual, but how do I, how do I sit down? Where do I start? Do I, do I grab a whiteboard? Do I grab a marker? Like how do I start developing out that one through 
10 or one through 15, you know, step process that I can turn virtually. Sheldon, what are your thoughts or opinions or advice for dealerships in creating that virtual process and how they should start? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say, you know, the very first thing you have to do, and even when we were looking at it, the very first thing you have to do is look at the customer journey, right? So you would, the dealers, our dealers would know best, actually, how their customers reach them. Uh, and, and really start from there and look at every step of the customer process, uh, journey and say, where can I help the customer? Ultimately, we are in the customer service business, right? We are there to serve our customers in their, in their journey of buying one of probably, you know, the second most expensive purchase in their life besides the home. So, so it's important that you are always there in every step of the process as they go through, whether it's online or uh, offline or uh, through a virtual process, whichever process, whichever path they take, you always need to be there, uh, whether you're responding to emails, phone calls, setting up video conferencing, uh, things like that. So, so the, I would say the first step is start to map that journey uh, the, of the customer and then look at all the areas where you can assist them through the process and how you can speed things up, provide information. And, and of course, all of that, particularly now in the post-COVID environment, would be, uh, you know, how do we do it safely uh, in a safe distance? And, and you're going to see that a lot. I think the new, you know, the buzzword is, I think, touchless FNI, for instance. So how do you do things in a touchless manner or touchless sales? Uh, so, so it's going to be start, it starts with the customer journey and then, and then find ways. How do you insert processes within that? Uh, see what you're doing today and, and then improve on it if there is a need. If it's working, don't touch it, you know, keep, keep it and just replicate it in a, in a, a different setting, uh, like a virtual setting or whether it's on the phone or whatever medium you're reaching the customer through. That's, that's how I, I like mapping out the journey because, you know, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but for most dealerships, F&I is like an end of the journey type insertion. Right. And it shouldn't be. Like, it really shouldn't be like, you yeah. know, I don't understand why we feel like we have to like do the sale and then do the F&I. And it's right. when it's really, it's, it's an entire purchase. And this is a great time for dealerships, you know, to kind of reinvent what that process is going to be, both physically and virtually. And I think a great place to start doing so is mapping it out, like you said, Sheldon. I think that's awesome, that's yeah. awesome advice. Uh, oh, Steve, for yourself, any advice you, you could give to dealerships out there that are kind of staring down the barrel of creating a virtual F&I process? Yeah, it's all about execution, really. Um, to Sheldon mentioned earlier, once we understand what their journey is, um, we know today that uh, consumers who purchase vehicles uh, go into car dealerships less. Um, the majority of, uh, of their, um, the way that they're looking at vehicles, what they're researching, whether it's price, color, uh, options, for the most part is done online. Uh, they go into car dealerships far less. Um, and, and if you asked a consumer, uh, you know, a year ago or five years ago, um, did you love your experience? For the most part, they'll say yes. Uh, you'll have people that won't. Um, but the, the answer to uh, the question always was, did you feel like you got it done in, a, in a, uh, the period of time that you're comfortable with? And they always say it takes too long, right. uh, whether that's the sales process the F&I process, the delivery process, they felt like it took too long. And, and when you have a, a F&I process that's customer centric, that focuses on their needs, you will be able to wrap that up, uh, but you need to adhere to a, a, a executed process. 
again, execution, we all have great ideas. We're in the car business. Uh, one of our, our biggest strengths in the car business is almost our weakness where we just get it done to your point earlier. So if we have a challenge that's facing us, um, you know, another buzzword Sheldon I'll use, we'll pivot, <laughs> we'll figure it out, we'll solve our problem. Um, whether that's getting the deal done, delivering the car, um, you know, fixing a scratch on delivery, whatever the case is, we'll, we'll pivot and we'll figure it out. Uh, in this environment, um, it, it does require uh, a phone call, a follow-up email, setting up whatever platform you're going to use. We're using Zoom today. I've been fortunate to use Zoom, Google, Teams, WebEx. Uh, different dealerships will have their different platforms. Uh, and that's where we need to adapt as well. Um, how do we use the tools that we're recommending for our F&I managers um, to, to be able to execute a turnover? That's actually a really good point. I mean, the usage of our technology. You know, and Sheldon, I, I like what you said about, you know, mapping out, you know, the, the customer journey. But before we map it out, we have to define what the destination is. And mm -hmm. as an industry, you know, we're, we're not overly great at really creating definable goals. Like we'll use the word customer centric. Oh, well, right. we're, we're, that's, that's, that's our goal. Our goal is to be customer centric. What, what the hell mean? does that mean? <laughs> like, I think we have to actually really define that. And Steve, I think you're kind of hinting at it there is like, you know, to, to be customer centric, all right, if that is the goal and should be the goal, right? Because that's ultimately what gives us that experience, that word, right? The experience is that we need to know how the customer wants to do it. You know, does the, does the customer want this done in 35 minutes? Do they want it right. done in 45 minutes? Do they want it done in an hour and a half? Do they want a portion of it done one day so that they can go home and digest it and do the other portion a second day? You know, it's like we, we have to be willing to do that. Um, once we define kind of what that goal is and the path and that we want them to take, all right, we have to re reverse backwards towards our technology. I find sometimes we rely too much on our technology to define what the process is. When in reality, we have to define and dive document what the process is, and then let the technology support those efforts. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah, and to that point, we you map it out, uh, have a process in place, execute it. Uh, and one of the other big key takeaways for us today, Tuesday, May 5th, as dealerships start opening up across the country. Oh, by the way, happy Cinco de Mayo, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. It is... Um, how do we measure it now, right? We need to start measuring uh, customers' engagement. Um, whether that's the, some may not have access to a laptop, some may not have access to a desktop, some may not have access to a camera, uh, may only have access to a phone. So what platform works best there? Uh, those are questions uh, we don't have the answers to right now. Uh, but going back to the first point was, we need to start measuring where the customers stand in terms of this process. I think for the most part, uh, everyone will have access to some sort of video virtual platform. Uh, but again, we don't know which ones. No, I think uh, that's um, a great point. I mean, think about this. We could create the process, but how do we know that it is the right process if we don't measure anything? And, you know, I mean, I, I push the industry and everybody knows I got a little bit of tough love out there for them because I've been in a bunch of their shoes before, you know, but like we need to be professionals here. You know, can you imagine having professional sports where we don't actually measure anything? Boy, that would be boring. You just kind of go to a ball game and you just watch people hit and run around, but there's no measurement 
<laughs> of any kind. Like it would be it'd be a horrible, horrible experience, you know. But yeah. you know, you're absolutely right, Steve. If we're gonna build a customer centric process, right, we have to be able to measure it. And I think that's where we lean backwards on the technology that we're bringing into the dealership to ensure that we have our process and that we are measuring those results, so that we can ensure that our process is the right process. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, every time I've ever gone and developed a process, the first time I've developed it was not the last version of it. It was probably four or five or six variations of the process until I got it to a place where I was ultimately happy. But the only way I was able to do that is because I was actually able to measure the effectiveness of that process. Now, um, Steve, you mentioned it a little bit about communication and digital communication. Um, I find <laughs> a lot of F&I managers struggle to communicate in person, let alone over a device with one of these. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, you know, we know that 80% of what we say doesn't actually come out in the words we're, we're using. You know, a lot of our um, intent or our showing our confidence comes out in body language. And you don't always get a lot of that on this device because you're pretty much just getting from this much of me in there, right? So, you know, what are your guys' kind of thoughts on presenting and interacting with customers digitally during the F&I process? Sheldon, I'll start with you and then Steve, I'll ask you the same question. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, so when you're when your customer is buying online, so one of the changes I think we are going to see as an industry is everyone is everyone is going to move towards some uh, digital platform, right? Some kind of e-commerce platform or something like that. But what's also important along the way is to communicate or have lines of communication with the customer through the process, uh, through through their journey, whether it's online, uh, especially when it's online, because there's no one to guide them along. Uh, you can have a ton of information in there, but if there's if there's questions along the way about the vehicle, about the FNI product, or, or anything uh, related to their to their purchase, uh, we need to be available uh, to the customer uh, and and be able to respond to those questions. So it's, it's going to be important to have someone essentially manning that uh, that sales pipeline and and be ready to respond to the questions that may come through. And that could be in, uh, you know, whether it happens through the phone or whether it happens in any other medium at this point, really. Uh, I, I think we are uh, seeing now, you know, there's obviously a lot of dealers now have chat, uh, chat box on their, on their website. Uh, so that's one way you can be available to them. Um, uh, and, and the other, of course, is your typical email and, and phone. But that's important that we always respond. We, we provide the information that they need uh, and, and, and help them along the way. Uh, Sheldon, real quick, I kind of want to your thoughts. Like, there there are a lot of bots out there. Um, yeah. Some definitely better than others. <laughs> I got hit. I got hit with one the other day, and I was talking to him, and I thought I was actually talking to a person. And I realized really quick this was not a a person, huh. and I, and I ultimately just abandoned the conversation because I was I for me I looked at the company, and this is just my opinion. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. But for me, I looked at the company. I'm like, you weren't willing to put a real person in there for me to communicate with you, and this was actually a. It was a hot tub. I was, I'm at home a lot now, like others. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at my backyard going, eh, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have a hot tub. And I was, honestly, I was kind of disappointed. Um, You know, what are your kind of thoughts, uh, Sheldon, on dealerships using, you know, bots to respond? I think bots are good to a certain extent to respond to some basic questions, very repetitive questions. But I think there has to be a point where, 
that interaction is important. So going back to my earlier statement about this is probably the second most important purchase in anyone's lives, right? The second most expensive purchase. So I want to keep, I don't want to forget that. And you want to treat it as such, you know, you're, somebody's going to spend, you know, uh, 30,000 or 40,000 or 50,000 on a vehicle. Uh, they need to be treated with that uh, respect, right? So, so bots are good maybe to a certain extent, I think, to help drive efficiencies. Uh, there's a place for that for sure. Uh, but it, it's only good to a certain extent. Ultimately, that human interaction is really what's going to make that difference, uh, make the customer feel special. And like you said, you know, you quickly figured out it was a bot and, and you know, you did want to speak to somebody in the, the experience you just outlined. Well, you know, I was actually on another dealership's website out in Alberta and uh, the bot came up. It actually introduced itself as a bot. Which I thought was actually oh. kind of cool. Um, yeah. It said, you know, this is what I this is what I am. I'm, you know, I'm able to handle, you know, about sixty or seventy different questions. So hopefully, I can answer one. <laughs> you know, but then it was like, if I can't, I'll get someone for you. I thought that was pretty clean. Anyways, I digress. Steve, um, over to you now. You know, kind of your thoughts on presenting and interacting digitally with the customer. You know, when it comes to that F and I side of the process. I think the key element, uh, we touched on it earlier, is uh, most people are visual. Um, you know, the, the, the listening part, yes, they are listening, uh, sometimes distracted. You think of an, a dealership environment, who, who knows what could be going on in there, whether it's a car getting out of the showroom, an alarm goes off, a spinning wheel for a contest, someone hitting a gong. So there is a, a really lot good point, of distractions actually. Yeah, you're right. that way. <laughs> um, and, and with our, our F&I approach and our F&I process, I mean, it's always been visual. That's one of the key takeaways when we're training F&I managers, uh, when we're developing in the field is uh, we use a menu approach we always have, which is a visual aid, uh, something the customer can look at, follow along, has all the options on there, very transparent, uh, along with even uh, objection handling. Same thing. Uh, without a visual, it's, it's, it's hard for the customer to visualize what the impact may be on them. So we've always taken that approach. Uh, we believe that it's the key to success um, in all aspects. Yes, per vehicle average and gross profit are very important. That's the end goal. Um, but the customer knowing exactly what they purchased, having all their questions answered, uh, in, a lot, in a lot of ways are done by visual aids. Um, so when we were looking at this and developing it, it was how do we take all those aids that we train in our classrooms, we develop in the stores, how do we take that online? Um, we have our recommended platforms to use. Uh, we have the recommended tools. Uh, we, we need all of our F&I managers to have some sort of uh, those platforms to, to execute this. Um, but our goal really was to take what we have today and put it online, uh, which already was very visual. Uh, we learned that a long, long time ago, and we've adapted uh, to your point. And when I started eight and a half years ago, the things we did eight and a half years ago to the things we do today are different. We had to adapt. Um, we are fortunate enough to have a, a, a technology platform that creates these uh, documents for us for a long time that our, our dealer clients know. So that element of trying to train them how to make a menu or, you know, a, a customer disclosure form, uh, it, it, our, our curve won't be as steep as some because we had all those tools. Our dealer clients know how to use them. It's, it's all of the other things like we're doing today, right? We talked about earlier, Zoom, WebEx, Google, Teams, you name it, they're everywhere. Um, we have to find the one that works best for the dealership. And that'll be, in some ways, our biggest challenge. 
and and some dealers are much more progressive than others when it comes to uh, online tools, online platforms, technology in general. What kind of computer are they using? Um, we we don't always see Windows 10. Um, you know, <laughs> you, as, as you still see a couple of Windows 95 sitting around there. XPs. <laughs> def- we definitely still see some XPs out there. You're like, uh, they don't which, support that anymore. What are you guys doing? I was like, why is right. your monitor this big? <laughs> what's, what's going? Is that a monitor or, or a boat anchor? What's going on? Yeah, even personally myself. I mean, uh, I'm I'm savvy. I, I can get through technology myself, and my my children have iPads, um, which I'm going to have to replace because the one I have isn't even supported by Apple anymore. It's not, so it, it doesn't play Netflix or the certain these online learning tools that we're downloading for our kids to learn in school. Um, some of our our devices don't support them. I'm going to need to replace them. But no, Some that's that's a good point, though. Aggressive. I mean, look, dealerships, I mean, I hate, I mean, I've walked to an F&I manager's office and it's still seen a big monster desktop sitting there and a big, thick monitor and going, wow, this is going to be a fun presentation. But no, it is. It's about presentation. It's a very visual thing. That's to our point, right? That's what we're saying here is that, you know, dealerships, there, there needs to be a very visual element to this. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the menu because I, I bought a car recently, four or five months ago. And um, I was a little disappointed on how this part went down. Uh, there was actually, no, I was disappointed in one thing, but I was actually excited on another thing. Uh, when, they, when they presented the car, they presented the car and the F&I products before they presented a payment to me, which I was super happy about. Obviously, there had to be some training that went down for that to go down because they presented it as a, an entire package. You know, I was buying a pre-owned vehicle, so it made sense. It was like, okay, here's your protection, here's this. It was, and then it was like, here's the payment that included everything kind of into this. There wasn't this. Let me sell you the car, and then let me try to sell you some other stuff, right? So I, I, I like that. The downside was is that they didn't personalize anything to me. You know, I, I went in there and told them that I drive between five to seven thousand kilometers a month. All right, my 2017 Nissan Maxima outside has almost 200,000 kilometers on it right now. And I'm back in market now for another car on this one. Uh, the car I bought about six months ago was my the family car, but there was no personalization. They didn't they didn't take that information. What they ended up doing was just present, just like almost felt like they vomited on me. Like, let me just vomit everything on you. And it's just every single thing they possibly had in their F&I portfolio. It was just like, here's here's 22 things that you that you should have and i was like so as a customer now of course i was in the industry so i was okay to kind of dive through it but as a customer i would have been like holy crap uh, can i just say no to everything so no I, I, you're, you're right steve i mean we have to really take the time to understand our customer um and their needs and how their driving habits and everything and personalize personalizes look if we're going to create this as a customer centric process we're going to call this customer centric it needs to be personal but you know how do we do that i think there's a lot of dealerships a lot of fni managers out there that maybe don't know how to make a you know personalize you know the presentation of the the packages that they have or the products that they have. Uh, Sheldon, I'll start with you and then Steve, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Your thoughts on how we need to personalize this knowing that we're going into a virtual you know, presentation. Right, so I, I don't think it's any different than uh, what we would do in a store. And, and when we look at our process at Simtech, uh, you know, our process focuses on knowing the customer, uh, getting to understand their needs. Right. So in your example, had it uh, had we followed the process, we would have uh, a 
phase of that conversation where we'll be focusing on understanding your needs. And once we understand your needs, then we can personalize that, uh, that presentation to you, that, uh, that package, so to speak. Uh, you know, we can present the right options. So, you know, if you drive a certain distance uh, every year, then, you know, th this will be the right product. Are you leasing? Are you, you know, depending on your circumstance, we, we want to cater to that specific need. Do you, you know, based on the responses we get to the question, is uh, credit life insurance, for instance, going to be important to you? Uh, based on your specific circumstance. So, so our process is focused on, um, on ensuring that we understand the customer's needs and then present the products that are most relevant to them. And, and we see a lot of success in that, and Steve can elaborate on it too. We, we have seen a lot of success among all the leaders that have implemented such a process. And even from a customer standpoint, now that product means something to me because I can relate to it. I can see that yeah, okay, yes, it makes sense. You know, at the end of this lease, it's going to be important for me that I have an appearance protection, for instance, uh, or things like that, right? So so it now speaks to me, and now I'm more curious, and I'm interested in the product. That, that's really just, you know, the first, uh, the next step towards the purchase. Uh, Steve, I'm going to kind of ask you the same question, a little bit of a slight twist, though. You know, I think for um, a lot of F&I managers out there, we get comfortable with those three or four products or services. And it's, they're like our go-tos, right? Like that's, it's, it's the only thing I'm going to talk about because I feel, I feel comfortable and confident in presenting them, you know, so I'll just, I'll just default to just presenting these four or five, you know, products or services every single time, you know, but I won't take the time to actually learn about the customer so that I can present them something that's unique to them, um, you know, but, but like, how do we do that? How, how do we... You know, how do we learn what we need to learn from the customer so that we can customize a menu and a package that's relevant to them? Steve? Uh, to me, it's pretty simple. Just ask the question. Um, really. Uh, no, right? Just have it, a conversation. hundred percent. Even when you're speaking with someone, um, take your best friend, for example. Um, what your best friend needed five years ago may be different than what they need today. Right, Jason, when you owned a car dealership, um, and you were traveling maybe five minutes back and forth to work every day, albeit you're working in a car dealership, let's take any other medium you were working in. Um, you, you don't need, potentially, you don't need extended warranty. You're not driving enough to warrant purchasing that product. Uh, but two years later or three years later, uh, you're driving 7,000 kilometers a month, and it might be something that's important to you now. Someone like me, if you asked me five or seven years ago about uh, credit or insurance or accident disability, I would say, you know what, I'm fine. Uh, I can make do if I'm off. I'm a, you know, grown up now, somewhat, uh, a small family, two children, mortgage, car payments, like everyone else. Maybe that's important to me now. So going back is asking those questions. Um, and, and you, you know what, I'm with you, Steve. Uh, I think it, asking the questions, I'm going to throw one more thing out there for everyone that's yeah. watching, listening, write the answers down. Like, I, I know it's a little thing, but I think little things make big, big differences to to customers. And it's like, talk about just a quick and easy way to acknowledge that you, you're actually absorbing what they're saying instead of just, you know, kind of throwing it out there. It's like, you know, especially if it's virtual, you know, have the camera out a little bit, you know, far enough where it's like you can, they can see you start making notes and, and being attentive like that. I apologize. I just wanted to throw that in there, Steve. Go ahead. No, going back to visual, right? Everyone's visual. They see you writing it down. They, exactly. they know what's important. Um, and and when Sheldon alluded to it earlier, uh, when presenting 
the product, whatever it might be, it's catered to what you told me, um, right? The three most powerful words in sales are you told me. Um, so if you told me your driving habits, whether it's the amount of time you're going to drive it or how many kilometers a year you're going to drive or month, uh, I can present you a product that caters to your needs. And you can make the decision on whether or not it's going to work within your budget or if you feel like you need it. There's a set of uh, my other recommendation is in a big, big way for a lot of reasons, but more so time is using somewhat of a script. It's repetitiveness. The, the more you repeat it, uh, the easier it becomes for yourself to remember and you won't miss things. Oftentimes we'll, you know, if we only get five minutes with a customer or seven minutes, uh, if we're not using some sort of script or we're not writing down the answers, we could either forget to ask that question or forget the answer that was given to us, um, which, which isn't going to help us in our, in our process overall. And more importantly, offering the right term coverage product for that specific person. Like we need to have that prep time. You know what I mean? This is why I've always Absolutely. so confused why dealerships push this F&I process to the end, you know, because like I, I feel for the F&I managers. Like, you know, I, I think the majority of them want to ask these questions. They want to take the time to craft out, you know, this customized package. But, you know, the customer's been in the dealership now for the last two and a half, three hours. All right. All right, Mr. F&I manager, you have... 15 minutes, all right, to develop out rapport, uh, create value, and add additional products or services to it. I mean, it's crazy, right? Like, I, I feel like, you know, the F&I manager needs to spend some time, you know, with the customer virtually or in person, depending on how things go, you know, before they take the test, right, before numbers are presented so that the F&I manager can ask these questions and they can go back and take the time to prepare a package that's appropriate. I mean, that's, see, that's, that's a customer centric process. What we're talking about is this whole thing is all about making it customer centric. And I think that's a great that's a great way to do that. Now let's talk a little bit about you know how we, you know how how we close the deal. Right now it's kind of different. There are e signatures, there are wet signatures. I don't know if everybody knows what the difference is there, but you know, Sheldon, I'll start with you. You know, kind of what is kind of the current process to be able to close deals right now with with F and I. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit all over the place in some ways. Like, I mean, we have uh, certainly uh, looked at e-signatures and, you know, very soon we'll be out with uh, an e-signature uh, uh, platform on our, uh, sorry, on our Dave platform for our dealers. And uh, there are some limitations, however, still when it comes to, I, I believe, uh, your financing and leasing paperwork, there's still a need for wet signatures. So I guess overall, as an industry, we may need to change, but but at least from an FNI contracting standpoint, you know we are ready uh, very soon to deploy e-signatures, and I think that's going to be uh, a very crucial thing going forward as you move more and more of the transaction outside of the dealership, uh, where you're where you have limited interaction uh, or you know limited physical interaction with the customer. Uh, making that process smooth and easy for them uh, without, you know, uh, having to scan something back and things like that. This is all done online, uh, all through, and there are prompts along the way where you need to sign things like that. And then at the end, the customer gets a copy of that um, of that contract. So now the, the entire process is done without necessarily having to go ask, oh, can I get a copy of this contract and things like that. It's all there. It's all given to them without having to ask for it. 
Well, and let's talk, let's talk about that for a second. I, you know what? I don't think that's just a cool feature. I think that's what the customer expects. Yeah. I mean, come on, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You go to Home Depot right now. I, I buy, I buy a, a 25 cent bolt. All right. <laughs> when I go to pay for it, I hit a button and it has, it remembers my email address and it says, do you want me to email you the receipt? Yeah, because I'm not going to carry yeah. around a piece of paper for a 25 cent bolt. <laughs> you know, it's like it that's the customer expects that now. You know, and I don't know why. You know, it slows down the process. We have to print out three copies of it. By the time we're done, we killed two and a half trees. You know, just to close the deal. No, probably not, but maybe. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think what is it we're talking about is the e-signature process making it stream like that is again more customer centric. It allows us to close the deal faster. All right, and that's just what is the customer expect. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on, you know, getting that customer uh, e-signature versus kind of a wet signature. And uh, you know what, actually, you want to identify what the difference is real quick? Yeah, and a wet signature at the end of the day, let me back up. I think most dealers would prefer to do e-signatures, um, not have gigantic paper trails in their dealerships, trying to find places to put them. Uh, we need to house them for seven years. Um, so. I think dealers, regardless, would want to go to e-signature route. It, there's government restrictions, uh, limitations provincially that don't allow us where we have to have wet signatures. Uh, they have no choice. Um, so it's pretty self-explanatory. An e-signature is something done virtually online, uh, which isn't done wet with a pen. Um, I think most consumers, most dealers uh, would prefer to do it that way. I know I would. I think you just mentioned the same. Okay, guys, let's talk a little bit about uh, communication and styles of communication. You know, uh, like I said, talking to someone face to face, a lot of what I'm trying to say will come out in my body language, but now I'm not going to have that. So, you know, the tonality, my eye contact. Uh, Steve, I want to go, I want to elaborate a little bit more on what you were talking about before as far as a script or at least some type of standardization of information that kind of goes out there. Um, what are some best practices, you know, trying to connect with someone virtually versus in person? Sheldon, I'll, I'll kind of get your thoughts on that. And then Steve, I'll ask you the same. Yeah, so uh, the way when we looked at our virtual FNI process, one of the key things we looked, we said was keep it simple. Don't, don't overcomplicate it, right? Let's start there. Uh, and um, and really go from there. Uh, you know, what is what is the customer looking for? Provide them their information in a timely manner. Uh, so those will be the keys to communication uh, as we move forward. Is uh, and then when we talked about the customer journey and being able to provide communication all along the way. So you know, it, in some in many cases here, you're probably better off over communicating than not communicating at all. Um, so that, you know, this way, at least the customer is aware you're always there for them. Uh, you're always there through the, through the purchase and, and that builds confidence, you know, I would say for the longer term relationship as well, that they can rely on, uh, on you for, for, you know, for their questions, their concerns and things like that. So, um, so yeah, listen to them, respond to their questions, uh, see, you know, guide them along the way. Uh, that'll be important. And keep it simple above all, you know, we don't need to overcomplicate it. Yes, we obviously need to try and, you know, keep it professional. Hence, you know, as Steve mentioned, the script will be important so that you're consistent in your approach um, with all the customers you speak to. Uh, but at the, sa at the same time, keep it simple. 
Okay, Steve, uh, my next question kind of for you is going back to what we were talking about earlier as far as scripts. I think there's a lot of dealerships out there that hear the word script and they go, oh man, script, that's that's right up there with about as much fun as actually writing out a process. And, you know, I sell cars, I don't write scripts. Like this is super confusing. But uh, to your point, I think there's a lot of power in that. You know, can you give me kind of maybe some, you know, best practices or some tips on how a dealership can develop out a script and what should be included in those scripts yeah so uh, the key for a script in general is looking at two things um, make it time efficient because you're not you're going to have a little less time uh, but also gather all the information you need to present your whether it's a product uh, different options um, and we get it a lot i mean in our environment our training uh, we depend a lot on scripts uh, for many reasons uh, because you you won't forget the question you can write down an answer. You can always go back to it. Um, but in a virtual setting, I think it will take away a lot of that um, pain and pressure uh, because they're not having someone sit in front of them. They can actually prepare for it. So maybe in a virtual environment, it might be a lot easier uh, and less stressful for someone um, to use a script because they could refer to it. It could be sitting down beside them. Um, and quite frankly, this is not a, a, a practice that's new. Uh, if you call your uh, your bank, if you call uh, any large organization, they're all going off a script. You know, when you get your phone call at six o'clock at night at dinner for a, a telemarketer trying to sell you something, they're reading off a script. This isn't new, um, but setting expectations, gathering needs uh, would be the two biggest elements when you're writing your script um, and, and wrapping that up and following it all the time. I love developing out and identifying the amount of time you're going to take. You know, that really kind of sets the stage. You know, I think a lot of people will go into an F&I presentation. They go, oh, God, man, I'm already a few hours into this. Do I really have to do this now? But, you know, if you, if you kind of set the stage of like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how it's going to go down. Here's what I got to go over with you. You know, I think that just feels it makes people feel a lot more comfortable. You know, it's always kind of what I call it. Well, it's like what I do with my kids, right? It's like when we know we're going to the grocery store. And you know, you guys got small kids, you know how this goes, like there's going to be a full on meltdown. So, you know, what do you, what do you do? You, you kind of prepare them for what's going to be coming and the steps that are going to be coming. And then their confidence level now when going into it, understanding now going into it is much higher. Hey guys, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time today. And uh, boy, we brought some serious knowledge bombs today, guys. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to jam with me today. But before we go, I get to ask you guys uh, one last question. And this is more of kind of a, a personal question of, you know, of if you were to change one thing in this industry, and this is quote, totally up to you, right? If you were willing to change one thing in this industry, what would be that one thing and why? Uh, Sheldon, I will start with you and Steve, I'll ask you the same question. Hmm, that's a tough one. Um... So, so I guess one one thing I'd say is uh, is let's not focus too much on the technology alone. Uh, it is an important piece, uh, and I can see that happening now uh, in the current environment where we are all going to rush to technology. It's important. I'm, I'm not underplaying that at all. I'm just saying that it's not the only thing. We gotta we gotta look at the you know, look at look after our customers and see what they need. Uh, and I think really that's that's what I would say. I don't I don't see a lot in this in that sense. We need to change. We we need to of course uh, be um, you know customer centric and, and all of that. But 
but focus on uh, what processes do you want to in, install in your store and, and, and not just the technology. I, I'm with you on that. I think a process before technology will do wonders for, for our industry. All right, Steve, for yourself, if you could change one thing about an industry, what would that be and why? I would like to see them, uh, this industry, more open to change. Uh, one example is exactly what we're doing today, the use of videos. Uh, on whatever platform you're watching them, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, um, there are some very, very progressive dealers out there who are online doing videos, whether it's a, a, a new pre-owned car that they have or a walk around on a brand new car. Um, I feel that that is going to drive a lot more business at the dealerships. Um, you know, it can only be a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it'll be. Um, but using that technology, spending, uh, listen, I sold cars for a long time. I worked in car dealerships for a very long time. There's downtime to go make a five minute video, right? And the use of that uh, tool, I feel would be hugely beneficial. Um, and, and the investment, the return on investment, whether it's the equipment or the technology you need to edit, uh, will definitely return in a big, big way. Well, it, it, it's embracing how customers want to consume content. You know, I'm, exactly. I, 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 you said I, it. I have, your yeah. your yeah. wordsmithing was much better than mine. <laughs> it's all good though. Like I, I have, I kind of have a theory that uh, we're, we're in an industry. We're we're in an industry. We're in a society now. All right, um, of just headline readers. And yes, there are people out there that will sit down with a good book and consume it. But for the most part, we will just simply read the headline and move on unless there's something for me to sit there and actually engage with it. And video does exactly that. Video gives me that chance to kind of read the headline, go, oh, I like, let me consume the next two, three minutes of video. But I, I agree with you, Steve. I don't think, I think we have to suffocate the excuses on why not create video content. I mean, how these bloody things record 4K now. I mean, get a half right. decent mic and you're good to go. I mean, there's editing software galore. You can hire companies, you know, to easily do it. But no, I mean, that's how customers want to connect. They want, they want to kind of hear your voice, consume your story before they even come to the dealership. I'm with you, Steve. That's a big one for me too. Hey guys, uh, before we go though, uh, for everyone out there listening and watching right now and would love to connect with you gentlemen, kind of follow along with your journey and find out more about what you guys do, what is the best way to do so? Sheldon, I'll start with you. Yeah, so you could reach me directly on LinkedIn or you can uh, email me at sheldon.bissouza at simtech.ca. Uh, yeah, you can reach me on one of those two. Awesome. Uh, Steve, best way to connect with you, sir? Uh, same as Sheldon. So you can be found uh, on LinkedIn. Also, you can email me at steve.mcisaac at simtech.ca. Um, and text messaging, I think, is a, a new platform that we are all using. Um, is also an easy way to grab me, which you can get on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Hey guys, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun for everybody out there. Make sure that you hit the connect button, follow the content and make sure you subscribe. Thank you guys so much for your time. You have thank yourself you. a wonderful day. You Thanks too. Jason. Thanks.